Welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast, and as always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Good evening from Tokyo on the eve of what is meant to be one of the largest typhoons in recent Japanese history. Talking about typhoons is nothing unique to this podcast. We have covered it before, but today we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. You see... Today, I'm going to kind of share live updates with you. Obviously, they won't be live for you. It's it, you, you may be listening to this weeks after the fact. So I guess live updates are a wee bit of a misnomer. I'm going to be sharing with you in the moment updates from right here in Tokyo. So that being said, I, I want to talk first just a little bit about this typhoon. This particular typhoon in Japan, they give them all numbers. If I were to pull up Google Maps on my phone right now, almost guaranteed it's going to come up with a warning. There we go. Typhoon number 19. Excuse me if I absolutely butcher the name of this, but it's Hagibis, I believe. H-A-G-I-B-I-S. Now, there's a lot of concern surrounding this particular typhoon. You see, I've, I've talked about it before. A lot of these typhoons, they come very close. They'll turn at the last minute. They'll hit the land and absolutely dissipate. But the ones that do hit and the ones that hit hard tend to do damage. And this one here has prompted potential evacuation warnings. It has warned people who are living in older or rickety houses to potentially find cover or somewhere else to stay for the night. The Tokyo station is already a mess. Countless flights have already been grounded. Now, there are a couple reasons for this. First, out of the gate, this typhoon is absolutely massive in terms of size. I don't really have anything to compare it to, so I'm not going to go too deep into that, but also in terms of the overall strength, this is currently one of the most intense tropical systems of all of 2019. There's a lot of threat involved in this, and unfortunately, it comes at terrible timing because this weekend is pretty close to a full moon, which means sea levels will be above average, higher than normal, and the combination of high tide, giant waves, and all the storm surges can definitely bring a risk of coastal flooding. And unfortunately, this particular typhoon is headed directly for Tokyo. Now, as I've said before, we have covered other content on typhoons hitting Japan. We've shared stories. I've talked about things in Tokyo and other parts of Japan, what the typhoons are like. I want to talk now a little bit about today, what my life has been like, what the preparation for this typhoon for myself and friends around me has been like, what the buzz on the internet has been like, what the struggles are, etc. Talking a little bit about my day. I would say for the most part, my day has been relatively 
normal. I've, I've had a work day where I've sat down and spent the vast majority of the day editing and prepping and packing and doing all the things I do before I am off for my next trip, which luckily is going to be showing itself shortly after this typhoon. Hope, hopefully we'll have clear weather for that, but we are in typhoon season, so you never really know. But for a lot of people, today has been a mad panic to get stocked. Now, if you are living in Japan, if you are new to Japan, or if you are considering living in Japan in the near future, there are a few things that I always, and I mean always recommend. Number one, first and foremost, keep your house stocked. Keep your house stocked with things like water, cup noodles, all of these foods, you know, canned goods and stuff like that. Japan, Tokyo, all of this is incredibly disaster prone and to not be prepped at all times is to ask for trouble. At the very least, give yourself a good three to four day supply of food and just give yourself a little Google reminder on your calendar. This is what I do every single year around the same time. A reminder goes off and tells me that I need to restock on all of this stuff. Then what I quickly do is I'll either run out to the supermarket or more than likely me being me, I order it from an online supermarket and work through eating the supply that I have. And that is that. It is done. It is taken care of. And I have another year's supply. Most of it's cheap stuff. It's like, you know, $2 for a cup of noodles. It's a case of water. It's any one of those things, a combination of those things and canned fruits, you name it. That's number one. Number two, keep your devices charged. This one here is actually really big for me. And it's one I personally think that I could be following a little bit more. But do not let your batteries fall between like lower than 40 to 50% if you can help it. And always, and I mean always, carry a portable charger. If you are dependent on Wi-Fi for your travels, make sure that you have an additional portable charger for the Wi-Fi. Portable chargers nowadays, you can pick one up for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, anything like that. A company sent me this giant one. What is this? I have this one sitting on my desk right now. It's an absolute tank. I don't recommend lugging it around. It's called the Zendur or something, but it takes a full day to charge this thing up, but it also takes four days to kill it. So it's not a bad portable charger. It's just you know, I, I recommend having something like that with you. I typically have about three portable chargers in my bag at all times and will literally stop at a cafe or something if my battery drops between 20 to 30 percent, I feel is when I'm in the risk zone because you never know when you're going to be stuck inside of a train or something else and you're, you're going to need your phone. And again, um, as soon as a real disaster hits, the cell networks go down. So that that's a whole thing in its own. But making sure that you are prepped. It's also always a good idea to carry some form of beverage on you. And ever since going on a road trip with my buddy Victor, I now tend to carry these, uh, I guess they're like candies. They're kind of salt-based candies to, you know, replenish electrolytes and this, that, the next thing. Obviously, they're, they're more just, I guess, 
entertainment for the mouth than anything else. But having some kind of candy or lozenge or something like that on you again is always just just a good idea. Now, all of this aside, uh, getting back to my day and what things have been like. So the one thing that I have seen all over the internet today, all over Twitter, my friends, Facebook and Instagrams, you name it, empty convenience stores. Everyone is talking about how all the bread is gone. Yes. Yes, it's gone because this is a major storm front heading our way. And anytime a major disaster hits or is about to hit, Japanese people will turn to the convenience stores first and supermarkets second. Now, there's there's a tweet that I made today. And the tweet was basically based on something that happened in a during an earthquake, not an earthquake, sorry, during a typhoon last year. And it's something that just, you, you would think it's common sense, but I, I think people just don't think about other humans. Somebody had ordered from Domino's in the midst of a typhoon. And yes, Domino's should not have been accepting orders at that time. But for some reason, there is a video online of a gentleman on a Domino's delivery bike just absolutely struggling in the typhoon, the wind knocking him and his motorbike over. It is an absolute mess and pity to see. Domino's actually tweeted, uh, Domino's Japan tweeted this year, like, oh, please you know, refrain from ordering during the typhoon. Well, no, refrain from sending out drivers during the typhoon. That is absolutely absolutely ridiculous. And so there's little things like that. A lot of people will be like, oh, I, I don't want to go out. I'll just order delivery or I'll order Uber Eats or something like that. And they really, really don't think about it. And weirdly enough, during the last couple of typhoons, I have taken a peek just to see what it's like. And Uber Eats is actually available for more places than you would think. The delivery fees are jacked up through the roof. I wouldn't dare order because I I, just, I would feel so bad for those poor delivery men just trying to brave that storm. But this has kind of been what it's been like. And if you turn on any channel on Japanese TV, it is going to be nothing but an absolute mess of, you know, obviously worry and fear propagation, all of that for the typhoon. And for the most part, I've, I've talked previously about how this is, is kind of overdone. It's, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Every single typhoon is meant to be the most damaging typhoon to hit Japan, and then they don't. But it makes sense. I would rather be overprepared than underprepared and sorry. So that being said, right now, as I'm recording this, it is just before one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So I guess Friday night, you could say. The skies have been moderately calm. I guess you could say it is the calm before the storm. And there's the, the ground is wet. It has been raining intermittently, but nothing overly heavy. The wind at the moment is not strong enough to really have any impact or bother or even be heard from inside of my apartment. But the worst, the worst is yet to come. So before I turn in for the night, I'm going to open up Google Maps and I'm going to tap on this little thing here that says Typhoon number 19. So at the moment, it's actually, it's, it's looking like it's 
been delayed. It looks like it has been sitting in the exact same spot since this morning. This morning when I opened it up, it was saying that by 7 p.m. it would be just outside of the coast of Japan and that by midday tomorrow it would be hitting Tokyo. Right now it's showing it in the exact same spot. Uh, I would say about the midpoint between the Ogasawara Islands, uh, which are actually part of yeah, I just, just Google it. Check it out. Ogasawara Islands. They're, they're insanely far from the coast of Japan, but it's still part of the whole system. Between there and the mainland, it's it's stuck right in the middle. And it's currently saying that it's not going to hit until tomorrow at 10 p.m. So what I'm going to do throughout this weekend, as this goes, I'm going to record little updates. Whether it hits, whether it doesn't hit what the news is, what the reactions are, what my life is like. Either way, I'm going to be sharing that with you guys in this episode. For tonight, it is about to cross over to one o'clock. There is no sign of the typhoon at the moment. So I'm going to turn in for the night and get some sleep, wake up first thing tomorrow to do some editing. So for now, I'm going to say good night and I will talk to you guys, I guess, in just a moment. Oh, wow. Okay. Good morning, guys. It is like seven something in the morning, and I was actually woken up by the sound of the rain when I opened it. You know what? No, we're just, we're just going to close that. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this section on the balcony, but no, no, I am not. Oh, boy. Okay, so... Let me do explain a little bit about the scene in front of me right now. As I said, I was woken up by the sound of the rain this morning, and in front of me is an absolute torrential downpour. The, the wind is blowing the rain. Now, it's still not that bad because the rain is coming straight down, basically. It's not crazy sideways rain. But it is thick enough that when the wind blows through it, you can see like layers of wind. This doesn't make any sense at all. This is this is the kind of quality podcast content you get when I start recording as soon as I've woken up. And that reminds me, there's one thing that I did not cover yesterday, and that was the balcony prep. One thing you have to make sure that you are doing, especially if you live in an apartment in Japan, as so many people do, is completely clear off your balcony before any major typhoon like this. I was reading a news article yesterday that said that this here typhoon is actually predicted to dump about a year's worth of water on the Tokyo area. A year's worth of rainfall is going to hit in this one single typhoon. So it should be really interesting to see how Tokyo's waterways and network deals with this. You see, let me actually make my way into the studio where it's gonna be just a little bit quieter for us. There we go. I actually have a memory of somewhere around typhoon season in my first year in Japan back in like 2007 when I first moved here. 
It was a typhoon. I was walking through the streets of either Shibuya or Shinjuku or one of those places, and there was a manhole cover that was actually floating, if you will. Now, it wasn't just floating in the air. It was floating on water, but not all at the same time. It was like rotating in a circle as water spewed out from the edges of it. And everyone was just walking by like this was a normal thing. The Tokyo sewer system is not built or equipped to handle this much water at once, which means it goes into instant flood mode. And in the case that you haven't listened to any of the previous podcast content on typhoons i'll give you a brief 10 to 20 second overview there is actually an underground water dump space right in tokyo that leads out from the arakawa river you see one of tokyo's biggest rivers is the sumida river which breaks right off from tokyo bay and goes through asakusa and all of that and that branches off into the arakawa which is actually now considered a man-made river because it has been dug out to be able to handle floods and additional water flow. Now, I don't live anywhere near that area of Tokyo anymore, so going out and seeing how the rivers are handling this is clearly not going to be an option for us, but if they start to flood, I'm sure it will make its way into the news And I will make sure to share that with you guys. I just kind of wanted to share the fact that my entire morning started with this this torrential, torrential downpour. Again, the winds are not bad. Uh, There's next to no wind right now. I'm actually a little bit disappointed in Google Maps at the moment because I opened up Google Maps hoping and expecting to see an update on the typhoon from the information I was looking at yesterday. But... All typhoon information in Google Maps seems to be just gone. It's very, very inconsistent. So obviously that's not a tool that we can regularly depend on, but I have a weather radar app here that shows me that this thing is very, very close to bearing down on Tokyo. It is right now still uh, off the coast of Japan. It is much closer to uh, the Nara and Kyoto area, but is still on schedule to basically swipe clear across Tokyo. Fingers crossed that the day doesn't get too bad and that the winds don't pick up too much that it causes damage to any of the older houses and shops and people who are still living in these places. I am going to turn on my computer. I'm going to start some work for the day. And before I do that, we're going to take one more peek at this rain because it's just insane. Can you believe I planned on recording this entire section like this? Oh, that would have been just, just a terrible idea. So it is currently 10.30 in the morning. The rain has actually calmed down a bit, but it seems like things are about to get pretty bad. Taking a look at both Twitter and the news sites, it seems like 
Shizuoka and the southern Kanto area are starting to get hit pretty hard. There are videos and photos of the entire area just completely flooded. Cars half covered in rain and people wading up to their knees and waists. Now, issues for evacuations, evacuation orders, orders for evacuations have started to be issued and it's getting pretty bad. Um, Sagamihara, uh, the area where my shamisen was made, has been ordered to evacuate as well as Kanagawa. And as I speak right now, the rain is starting to pick up in the background. You can probably hear it. I see another tweet here saying that a level 3 evacuation for Shibuya has also been issued. It says elderly and such should be off to the community center. Now hopefully they're issuing these early enough that people can actually get there. Twitter is ablaze at the moment with all of these evacuation notices and people saying that and saying that they woke up to absolutely torrential rain. I was taking a look at previous uh, typhoons from last year and whatnot, and there was one that had gotten so bad that it was flipping over cars, ripping sections of roof off of houses and throwing it onto power lines, just creating a complete and utter mess. So again, these typhoons are not something to take lightly despite the fact that nine out of ten times they don't hit tokyo when they do they do quite a bit of damage it's just been a short little update for now at the moment i'm standing outside and looking around and while the rain has picked up a bit it is still falling straight down it's not any of this crazy sideways typhoon wind the area around me there there are plenty of uh, i think tokyo being as dense as it is there are lots of power lines and everything everywhere so i would say that my greatest concern is always something flying off and hitting the power lines having a transformer blow and starting a fire so if you are in a densely populated part of tokyo even if you are safe inside of your house I highly recommend two things during a typhoon. Number one, stay away from glass and windows and everything like that if the wind picks up. And number two, do monitor your area. Keep the news on. Make sure you know what's going on. Make sure that you have your ears peeled for sirens and evacuation orders from your building. A lot of buildings in Tokyo will have a speaker system set up in them, believe it or not. And even if that doesn't work, the cities, uh, how can I put this? Basically all of Japan is set up with an emergency warning and announcement system. It is the same one that I have mentioned previously that plays the 5pm song every day and those in an emergency will have the volume amped and will be making announcements if there are evacuations to be had. That being said, if you are in this type of situation and you don't know where to find your resources, I highly recommend turning to tools like Twitter. Again, this is one of the, rec this is one of the reasons I say it is essential that you have connection when you are in an emergency situation both connection and battery and now i'm just rambling 
So I am going to head back in for now, and if anything develops, I will let you guys know. Alright, so it is just about 2pm right now. I thought that this would be a pretty decent time to share a bit of an update. So right now, uh, first and foremost, great news. Uh, Japan has released kind of a mobile phone companies have now basically offered pre free public access to Wi-Fi spots around Tokyo, Kanagawa, Chiba, Saitama, Ibaraki and Shizuoka. Uh, it's like a free access Wi-Fi without high security. It's recommended using for it's recommended only using it for emergency purposes. These spots are registered as 00000 Japan. Now, obviously, you'll more than likely be listening to this after the typhoon has passed and all of this is finished because it won't be released until then. But this is a new development. This is something that Japan has not been doing traditionally in the past. Now, the current news says that uh, the storm is likely to make a 6 p.m. landfall in or near Shizuoka's prefecture's Izu Peninsula. So it's moved a little off to the side as per what its original plan was. But unfortunately, there's already been some severe damage. You see, without the typhoon itself even hitting the winds, the storms and everything that have been caused from it, unfortunately flipped the vehicle of a man in Chiba Prefecture this morning around 9.30 a.m. and he has lost his life. That is is very, very unfortunate. Um, in addition to this, there's just a lot of wreckage going on in the area of Chiba. Plenty of information going on online. A lot of uh, convenience stores have actually completely shut down service for the day. Um, people are being recommended not to step outside whatsoever for any reason. Again, uh, it's about 2 p.m. right now, so we're about four hours away from the time when the typhoon should be making its way to the mainland. I'm going to wrap up this update for now, and I guess I, you will hear from me again in just a moment. All right, so it is about 6.30 p.m. right now. Just stepped outside to share a quick update. At the moment, wind is present but is rather calm. Rain has stayed consistently heavy. In terms of how it is affecting Tokyo and the surrounding area and updates and whatnot, there has been a lot of talk of flooding one of the most common topics that's been coming up over Twitter in the last little while is the number of people taping off their windows in preparation for potential damages. In a previous update or somewhere near the beginning of this episode, I had talked about the Arakawa River and how this is kind of used as an overflow for rivers like the Sumida River. And there's actually a site that shows a whole range of live cameras so what i'm going to do is earlier on today i tweeted something out i think i tweeted something like um to all of you in japan or with loved ones here in japan here's a live 
feed of news from the Japan Times. Stay in the loop. Keep your batteries and phone charged and stay safe. And I put the live feed from the Japan Times linked in that tweet. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to link it in the description box of this podcast episode here in case you want to see a little bit more of how things played out and kind of you know read it for yourself throughout this typhoon uh, my buddy dogan has been a great help to the world using his vast twitter following following <laughs> his vast twitter following to live tweet translations of all the news that was coming up on nhk so a huge shout out to dogan if you're not already following dogan he is one of the most high value creators and sharers that i know he also will be linked in the description box below in the case that you're a little quicker than that you don't even want to open the description box it's just Twitter at Dogen, D-O-G-E-N. Now, in addition to this, some 700 locations of the Lawson convenience store have shut themselves down and are just not, not available, which is, which is actually really good. I don't think that many places should be open. I saw somebody complaining on Twitter earlier today that their boyfriend's company had got him a uh, capsule hotel last night just to ensure that he would be at work. It's just, just absolute, absolute ridiculousness. So now the other big talk, um, because it's been popping up on people's phones, is emergency alerts and evacuation levels. Now, if you're connected to the cell network here in Japan, emergency alerts should pop up on your phone when necessary or available now for these type of uh you know emergency situations there are different types of like weather warnings and advisories and everything like that so just taking a, a quick walk through of some of these uh evacuation or uh you know advisory levels a simple uh, breakdown uh, level one obviously not that much of a worry level two means there is flooding and heavy rain uh, level three is pretty important because uh the level three advisory is where elderly are recommended to evacuate and other people should start preparing to evacuate a level four advisory means that all are recommended to evacuate very soon and a level five is a disaster is occurring i'm bringing this up because i had received a notification on my phone about an hour ago for one of the surrounding areas to where i am and they were placed at a level four evacuation which means all should evacuate now if you are going to be evacuating obviously make sure that a you know your evacuation route and where you are heading to would be b additionally if you are in a new structure and it would be more dangerous for you to actually go outside to an evacuation center 
I highly recommend you stay away from the windows. If you have curtains, keep them closed, tape them down to the floor, and just keep yourself safe if you are ever in one of these situations. There tends to be at least one of these major uh, typhoons every single year, and every time becomes a learning experience, which is kind of why I wanted to put this podcast together in this form for you guys so that the things that come up and the things that I learn along the way the things that I'm experiencing along the way can be shared with you guys that being said the only other thing is uh, a lot of notifications coming up for flooding and what to do in an evacuation situation so that is 6 30 p.m here in Tokyo, Shizuoka at the moment is getting hit the hardest. If you want more information on that, definitely check out the resources that I have linked in the description. I will update you guys again at the next development. Good morning guys, it's about 7.30 in the morning and I've just stepped out to take a peek at how things look clear skies as always after a typhoon that's one thing that you can pretty much know is guaranteed it is clear blue skies not a cloud in sight also to all of you who took the time to reach out and message me via Instagram or Twitter or any of that thank you so much for the kindness looking around looking down at the neighborhood here doesn't actually seem to be that bad there's a there's a couple trees that uh, are <laughs> bent a little more than they were yesterday looks like some buildings in the area had antennas knocked over or broken but for the most part it's not actually all that bad let me head back inside here for a second so for the most part that that's the typhoon experience now it seems that jr trains are still not running until somewhere around midday today private lines are up and going an unfortunate thing is that uh, the kamaishi uh, rugby world cup match between Oh, I think it's Canada and another country. Don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to say the countries because I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, the Kamaishi match of Rugby World Cup unfortunately ended up canceled, which is really sad because I was just in Kamaishi a couple days ago with Chris and Sharla and Victor, and we were doing a road trip out there. I had never been to Kamaishi before absolutely beautiful place there's a giant statue overlooking the ocean i'm going to be putting up a video showcasing this spot on tuesday but i know they were really looking forward to having that rugby world cup match and now that's now that's gone that's that's a really unfortunate thing but the thing that actually got me thinking through the night was things like farmers and everything like that those people who the state of their land and property 
basically determines their survival, whether or not they're making enough money. So I really hope that between the landslides and the damage from the typhoon, that Japan's farmers didn't get hit too hard. And I am getting hungry, so for now, that is all for this morning's update. Hopefully this episode has given you a little bit of insight into the experience of a major typhoon passing through Tokyo and what that's like, or at the very least what it was like for me, which was an incredibly mild experience in comparison to what it was for a lot of people. I feel very fortunate to be in the situation that I am where nothing was destroyed. I did not have to evacuate many people were not so lucky. I wanted to share a little bit of a kind of play-by-play -play of this experience with you, as I said, because there's a lot you learn along the way. I hope that you got at least a bit of value from this. If you did, it would genuinely mean the absolute world to me if you would take 30 seconds out of your day, jump over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. You could also always reach me over on Twitter and Instagram and on, you know, the comments section of the videos and all of that stuff. I I feel lucky. I really do. I'm glad that this all played out the way it did. And whether you are in Japan, have loved ones in Japan, or you are somewhere completely different doing your own thing, I hope that your day is both safe and beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this episode. I have a small backlog of podcast content coming up so hopefully i'll be able to get a lot of that edited and out to you guys thank you so much once again for joining and you guys know i will talk to you again real soon <laughs>